Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Should football introduce five-minute sin bins for yellow cards? Or replace the throw-in with a kick-in? Or what about stopping the clock when the ball goes out of play? These are reportedly some of the rule changes FIFA are going to be trialling this season, so we thought we'd sift through them and see if there's any gems in there. We're also picking some realistic transfers for Manchester City this summer and working out who we'd rather spend £150 million on, Erling Haaland or Harry Kane. I'm your host, Harry Brent. Last week, we, um, our, Manchester, our resident Manchester City fan was not here and he missed, sadly, our um, three in, three out fantasy transfer um, segment where we basically pick three players we want to leave our club that we support and three players that we like, realistically like to bring in. Um, so anyway, Josh, um, you're here now. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you. It's a week, week late, but I've got my homework, sir. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I'll have to fail you. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, so, so last year, we, was, we, said this, we said this last week, last year we were quite successful because you, I think, picked Ferran Torres that you'd Did, like yeah. to buy and then they went on and bought him. Yeah. Um, Ash claims he 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 picked Hoybier in his Hoybier in his um in his. Picks, we all know he picked him. I literally said, I think I, I would have Hoybier, but it looks like we're going to sign him anywhere. Uh, so I don't want it to be boring. I think I edited that out, so uh, there's no evidence, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dave picked um, Thomas Party. So the, so we have a bit of um, yeah. Yeah. history of getting getting these things a little bit right. So let's see if we can let's see if we can go two summers in a row. But we'll yeah. start with the with the with the outs. So who who do you want to get rid of and why? So Nathan Ake. Ake. Yeah. Yeah. We, for Forty million paid way too much money for him. Um, ideally, loan him out with a potential buy. I'd happily accept twenty million, um, or between seventeen and twenty million because he is an all right defender. I think we just pallet bought uh, in case the Diaz deal um, didn't go through. Um, he's just not really been playing that much, and with you know the, the country like the competition between the three main defenders of Stones, Diaz and Laporte, I don't think he's going to get much of a a saying really. Um, and we've got come, some youngsters coming through uh, the academy, which I'd like them to kind of focus. Oh, no chance for him. No, I know, I know. But if Nathan Ake is not getting in there, obviously not going to get in. But I just, I just think he's better off going somewhere else. So that's what that's one. Yeah, it was it was unfortunate for Aki because I mean we were talking about him before we before we started recording, but we um like because yeah he was he wasn't brought in to start. That's no. obvious. He was brought in because he's he's versatile. He can cover left back, centre back, defensive midfield, centre midfield. Um, he is a good player. Like it's it's almost a shame really he that is. he hasn't he has just hasn't got a look in. But I guess I mean, and we mentioned this last week when we were talking about Laporte. City have just happened. They happened to find a, a you know amazing centre back in Diaz, and then Stones' form picked up, and like a, yeah. a centre back as good as Laporte can't play. Like, I think he's just been the victim of like just very good defensive yeah. circumstances at City, which is which is not really reflective no, of his ability. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, whenever he's played, he's been pretty solid, but obviously it's just he's not really played that often. He played a bit at the start, and then a few of the cup games, but. I just I feel sorry for him. He could do better, like say I, I I could see him at Tottenham. I think he could do quite well at Tottenham. So you know, would you take him, Ash? Yeah, of course I would. I think it's fantastic. Twenty million, you can have him. Yeah, twenty twenty five million. Yeah, it's cheap, man. It's cheap. Yeah. Uh, okay, my second player that I'd like out would be um, the infamous freeloader of of the uh, team, Benjamin Mendy. <laughs> right, uh, he's you know unfortunately he's had a, you know a string of injuries, one after another. In total, he's cost us fifty one point seven five million with the add-ons from Monaco. Hmm. Um, his his values dropped massively. He's like be lucky to get fifteen million, I reckon, for someone hmm. like him because he's barely played, but yeah, he's won a lot of trophies. Um. Has he has he had a series of injuries or has it been one sort of main one? That's it's well, he did his. I'm sure he did his ACL, so he's out for like practically a full season, and then he's just yeah. not really come back fully strong. And he's had a few little like minor injuries here and there. Hmm. Um, reports saying that 
Napoli are quite interested. They're not Napoli, sorry. Inter Milan are interested in pursuing mm. him, which I'd happily let let him go. Um, yeah, he's just you know he, he came to City after that fantastic season at Monaco. Did well for about half a season, then got injured, and then he's just not been the same since. You have, I mean, without spoiling too much, because I'm guessing if if Mendy's out, probably a left back's coming in. But but like, would you would you be happy going forward with Zinchenko? Like, as in, do you do you sort of see him as like? Let's guess. Let's say Mendy's fit. Is yeah. Zinchenko, does Zinchenko still start for you? I think so. I think defensively, Zinchenko is a lot more. Um, he's a lot more. He's more manageable. I yeah. feel like you give him a job to do, and he will do it. Whereas I think Mendy, I think he's. He's obviously got a point to prove a lot of the time, which you know, it's quite ob- it's obvious, and I don't blame him. But most of the time, I just want him to do the basics, and I feel like Sinchenko can do the basics. Um, you know, he's he's not he hasn't got the same amount of quality that Men- Mendy can have uh, consistently, but you know, he does have little uh, flourishes of, of quality here and there. So, um, I think Zinchenko would be a good rotational left back because mm. at the moment we've got obviously Cancelo that can really play either left or right but I think the Cancelo could be a good rotation player between Sinchenko uh, and Kyle Walker but ideally I'd rather uh, Cancelo be more focused on the right hand side but it's obviously a great option to have mm. would, you, would you not rather have kept Angelino? Yeah I would have I would have loved to kept him because he's um, his uh, crosses and distribution is was incredible, but for some reason, him and Pep just didn't see eye to eye. He sold him. Yeah, to uh, Leipzig. Leipzig, yeah. I wonder if he's on loan. Mm. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just, he's Mendy. Um, I know he's a sound, seems outwardly like he's a really <clears throat> happy bloke. But yeah, it just seems like a sort of tragic case of, you know, injury blighted probably going yeah. to affect his whole career and never get back to the promising level he was at Monaco. But I feel like knows. Pep's not a fan of his off-field antics. He seems like, yeah. a, like a party boy, a wild boy, who yeah. maybe doesn't seem to focus on concentrate in training. I feel like I can imagine Pep being like riled mm. up like that. And then my third and final one, Bernardo Silva. Ooh. Not quite hit, not quite like that. Was it the year before last year? The year before Liverpool won the title, he had like an amazing season, and then he just suddenly maybe he got injured or something, but he just he's, he's never hit the heights of that season. As much as I love him, uh, when he first came to the club, his abundance of energy is second to none. He just runs and runs and runs, and I've got a lot of time for players that can just do that both getting up the pitch, getting back and defending. Um, but I just feel like these last two seasons, like you were saying before, Harry, these last two seasons since Liverpool won the um, the title, uh, he's gone through a similar situation as to John Stones, where I feel like <clears throat> he had a very fantastic start at City and his second season was emphatic, but yet the co- competition from the rest of the squad uh, and with Foden becoming more of a first team player I, I, I believe he's struggling to co- you know compete and deliver his best at all times and I feel like he's just kind of in the shadows uh, because Mares, I wasn't overly keen when we first signed Mares. I thought oh, we just we bought him just because he's had one good season with Leicester but these last two seasons he's been incredible he's been like you can't really touch him when uh, he's running into yeah. the box uh, obviously Foden coming through with Bruyne you know he's just doing De Bruyne things. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a toss up between him and, and Sterling. Um uh, looking back, I thought Sterling's had one bad season. Bernardo Silva's kind of been on a, a decline because of the competition of the midfield. <clears throat> I can't see Sterling going anywhere. Can Ferran Torres be because I mean because you you rate him don't don't you and, and like but he, he didn't obviously start a lot of games last year. Ferran Torres Torres, no, yeah, yeah he, he didn't. He didn't start a lot. You're right. I feel like he's. I think there was reason behind that. Very similar to the whole uh, the the Foden kind of scenario where everyone was screaming for Foden to be played, like a season or two before. Obviously, this you know, ideally, I'd say is his best season and more break like his more defining season as a player for City. Mm-hmm. 
going back to what Brendan Rodgers said when he first had Sterling, he said, I don't want to give, I don't want to burn him out too much. Yeah. I, want, I want him to get used to the surroundings, the environment, you know, uh, the team. And I feel like Fernand Torres, yeah, he played a lot of the cup games and he came on as a sub here and there. But whenever he did, he was quite, you know, his stats are incredible for minute, minute to minute. Um, but yeah, I think that I think you may be right in the sense that if if you if you're probably right about about Ferran Torres's development, and if so, given that you got Foden coming through and Sterling, as you say, may may well re re um, find his form again, that it's probably not going to be a, the biggest loss to get rid of Bernardo Silva. No, uh, no, I don't think so. But okay, all right, so they're out. Yes. He's in. So Azor. Matusiwa. Yes, yes, uh, I know. Yes, I know. Now so, we, we we obviously know who he is. For the, for the, um, for the so, audience, you'll have to explain who, who the hell that is. Right. So he is a central defensive midfielder. Okay. Dutch, yeah. twenty-three years of age. He's come through the Ajax Youth Academy at FC Hoenigen. Hoenigen, yeah. Hoenigen, yeah. Uh, five foot nine, and essentially he will be. Fernandinho's replacement. Well, Fernandinho's just signed a new contract. Exactly. So isn't that, isn't if, that if, Rodri? It, it, no, I'd like like as much as we when we first got him, I thought maybe, but I just don't think he has got that kind of def- defensive capabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matuisa, very intelligent, very good reader of the game, good at intercepting passes, uh, standing tackles. If I was to, to compare him to a player like Kante. Um, is, he, is he at uh, Groningen now? Yes. Groningen. Groningen. Yes. Um, it's okay. So, but he came through Ajax, right? He came through Ajax's youth. Yeah. I will. I will be very honest. I've never heard of him. I've not seen anything about yeah. him. I'd be interested to see him. See uh, clips of him now. Yeah. Um, so he's, he acts more like a sweeper in front of the defense, which I think is what City needs essentially. Because Rodri, as much as he can be, you know, defensive or in that midfield and hold that spot like a bit of an anchor. I just feel like he's not really like a sweeper that mm. City kind of need, especially when we're getting caught out in the counter. Um, the only issue I can really see right now is obviously he's not very experienced, uh, but his aerial presence as well might be an issue. But then again, if you partner him up with Roger uh, in the midfield, if you're going for more of a defensive uh, or a solid central yeah, midfield Yeah, but your City, so when, when would that ever happen? Like. I mean, Chelsea yeah, exploited us. Chelsea exploited us. I think in the middle of the park is where we lose the ball the most. You mean in the champ? You, you exploited yourself in the Champions League final, not? Don't remind me. Right, Move, moving swiftly on. <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, but yeah, overall, he's you know he's capable of distributing the ball. Um, yeah. You know, really well. He's good at like literally seeing a pass or seeing the run of a pass and getting it uh, forward, which I think obviously we've we've. Um, it, we see a lot of that with De Bruyne, but it'd be quite nice to see that from a little bit deeper, essentially. Mm. Um, his price range varies between three and five mil. Right, and he's 23. And he's 23. 23. Yeah. So, that you, so it, it, this is sort of someone you consider like a kind of diamond in the rough. No one's really noticed him. He's actually... Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and you I think, think... It, if we get him now, or if we... If, hypothetically, if, if they got him now, it'd be... A, It'd be amazing for him to work underneath Fernandinho before he goes. Okay. How did you okay. come across him, Ro? Um, I'll just I'll just have a look online, mm. um, and then I've just been watching a couple of videos, um, for like other you know when people say oh these are like some underrated players that would mm. fit X Y Z amount of teams, and then he's Googled Google players like Kante. <laughs> no, no, Cheap no, players I like Kante. I can't, I can't remember. I can't People remember where I saw it. Similar, find similar players. Oh, no, that's no, that's FM. Sorry, sorry. I can't, yeah, I can't remember exactly exactly where I saw it, but I just thought like we need a replacement for Nandino, and then there's just like loads of articles saying, oh, for like United, this would be an ideal player, or for Tottenham, this would be an ideal player. And I thought, oh, just you know, click on it and see. And then I looked, there weren't, there weren't many for City at all, but then I came across him and the way that it was described and then I had a little research into him before. Mm. Yeah, could, like you say, could be a diamond in the rough. With regards to Rodri, yes. is he sort of in danger potentially next year's podcast being on like the, the sell list or is he... Like mm, no, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. He's quite... He's, he's a consistent player. I think the one player... 
I'm, I'd be more worried about losing would be Gundogan after his last season. But, you know, if you've got a player like Matuisa coming through, who can have that defensive capabilities that gives Rodri them, you know, a bit more freedom in front, he could, you know, essentially do what Gundogan's done. Um, because he's, you know, I think he had in the Premier League, I think he may he might have had the most passes last season. In the Euros, he had the most passes. Like, he just... The guy just loves to pass. Okay. So I think maybe giving him a bit more freedom rather than defensive capabilities because he has got that presence and he can defend, but I just don't think he's got that kind of Finadinho kind of figure or that kind of Kante figure where they can literally pit pocket you or yeah. be, a, be a presence and make make you know make a good tackle. His, his career sort of feels like it's on the same path as Jorginho's Premier League career. Like arrive with yeah, you know yeah, big yeah. reputation of this guy is going to change your midfield. Slightly underwhelms, but you kind of are aware that the guy's got ability. And then yeah. maybe yeah, maybe all it'll take is is a slightly different system or a different yeah. manager or, or any different midfield partner, and then maybe you start to get start to see the best out of him. And yeah. you know after he's settled and stuff. But but yeah yeah you know as it can be said like also could go the other way could just be like right this guy's just not not living up to no. expectations but well, okay. yeah, I, just, I just think it's just you know like I said could be a nice little outlet because we definitely need to replace Fernandinho um, mm. obviously it's, it's evident that we can't just let him go because yeah. we want to give him an, an extra year contract so it bides us some time now and Pep if you're listening I'll uh, oh, yeah. I'll I'll, have, I'll 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 be I'll be a, a future scout for City maybe. He must have listened to he must have listened to the last one because he's got Fernand Torres. So. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> so my next player that I would like to get in would be a left back like Harry assumes with the leaving of Benjamin Mendy, and this player would be Mark Cucurella. Fantastic oh, player. Yeah. So yeah. Spanish, twenty three years of age. He's only just joined Getafe last year because he was on loan the season before, but they bought him. Came through the Barcelona youth. Napoli are very interested in signing him. So the only issue with this is there could be a bit of a bid off. Um, but looking at him... <laughs> I don't think that would be a problem to see. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bro, real I'm quick, who do you well. think you support? <laughs> so I can tell you for certain that you shouldn't be buying players for three to five million pounds. <laughs> Yeah, this is, yeah, hang on, wait. This could be his. And you shouldn't be worried about a bidding war with Napoli. We've got to, <laughs> your ash, average. Ash. Your average spend on fullbacks is about sixty mil. So that, that, yeah, that's <laughs> like consider that as. You know, when it, before I got onto this, the fact that City needs to make a profit. This is this is my version of making a profit. Yeah, and I suppose <laughs> this is this is Rose. This is what Rowe would do in terms of fantasy transfer. So he'd run it in the way he would want to run it. So fair play. So. Obviously, left back's been a bit of a position that's been City's Achilles heel with, like I said earlier, Mendy being quite injury prone. And I feel like Zinchenko still has uh, room for development, mm -hmm. uh, especially with some of his more cons being more consistent. Uh, but Cucurella, uh, it shows real promise. He acts at the moment more as a left winger, but he's naturally more of a left wing back. So defensively, he's quite quick very aware, very good at pressing, especially when the, the possession's lost in the attacking half. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he'd work fantastically within Pep's kind of style, coming from Barcelona's youth as well. Uh, yeah, I just feel like it could be it could be a nice, a nice fitting uh, for him. And the value for him is between 16 and 20 million. Does he start for you? Um, I'd, I'd definitely start Zinchenko more. Right. I think... Like, like I was saying before, more with Cancelo alterate, uh, alternating because as much as Kyle Walker had a fantastic Euros, I think the only reason why I had such a fantastic Euros is because he was more disciplined in the fact that you can't go forward as much, mm. um, which he, he obviously has that freedom more at City because they don't play that kind of style. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd alternate. And my right. last one, which is the, the biggest spender, so you'll be happy, Harry, <laughs> uh, not Harry Ash, is Danny Olmo. Right. So Spanish. How much, is, how much is that? Forty to fifty mil. Fair enough. Okay. So Spanish, twenty-three years of age. Again, came through the Barcelona youth. He currently plays for RB Leipzig. Um, yep. He was seriously impressive within the Euros. I feel 
alongside him and Pedri, uh, they stood head and shoulders above everybody. Um, very similar to the very almost, almost a like for like player for Bernardo Silva, uh, in the sense of having an abundance of energy and being very uh, aggressive with pressing high and also getting back. Um, he carries the ball well, and this is the thing that I noticed. He carries the ball well enough and he draws in the fouls, which reminded me a lot of Grealish. Mm. So I feel like he could be a, a good half and half, basically like Bernardo Silva, Grealish kind of mixed together in, in, in a bit of a player. Uh, Distribution-wise, brilliant, yet I feel like <clears throat> when he played for Spain, there was a lot of moments where he rushed the ball a bit too much or he was expecting players to be in particular positions. So I feel like there's quite a bit of refining that he needs to go under, which I think, again, with Pep being a, a Barcelona youth academy player or former youth academy, uh, I could really see him flourishing. Uh, and playing alongside teammates like Fernand Torres, Rodri, Laporte, now that he's transferred to mm. Spain. Uh, and if if we got um, Mark Cucurella as well, within <clears> my <throat> three in, three out, uh, yeah. another another teammate, so that could be quite welcoming uh, for him. So again, between 40 and 50 million. So I'm, I'm amazed because, you know, I think you, all those three shouts are good shouts and you've explained them really well. But I'm amazed you're content with starting the season with... Gabriel Jesus as your centre forward. Sure, this is what I'm saying. Well, you got to think. Last season we didn't have Aguero for majority of it, and the season before that, even when Aguero was fit, he didn't play a great deal. Um, yeah. But is that? Are you saying you're happy with Jesus, or you're just saying that look, we've we've managed without a good striker? So pretty much, yeah. For me, a bit of both. The last, I think, what two, three seasons, I think we've had five, maybe six midfielders uh, score plus 10 goals. Yeah. Which just shows that we're, True. you know, thank, like not thankfully, but it's nice to see that we're a team that don't depend on a, like one player. Reminds me a lot uh, of Spain okay. in um, the late, like after David Villa sort of went out, went out, sort of disappeared and, and they, they kind of were really reluctant to play Torres because Tor- Fernando yeah. Torres can see mm. was... And they play like Fabregas there. Yeah, well. they had Fabregas to fourth side <laughs> and they had like Pedro playing up there and it was all like, <laughs> guys, but, but you're right, like all they, you know, they had three or four players in there who could still like, mm. maybe not score 10 goals as well, you know, yeah. 10 goals a season, you know what I mean, it's team, but, but at least create, so. Um, yeah. And then, from them three, the total spending would be Roughly between 50, 59 and 75 million. Uh, and then obviously the earnings from the three players that are going out, not the initial spend, mm. but the earnings could be between 78 and 95 million. So there'd be a profit. Just humor as well. If you were to get a striker, and I imagine obviously Holland will probably be at the top of that list. Yes, he would. Aside from Holland, is there any other striker, money aside, that you'd want to go for? Um, I'd, I'd say oh, probably is the top of your list. <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably say Martinez, Martinez from oh, um, yeah, that's good. Kane. Like as as much that I like Harry Kane, I just think it's a lot of money. You sound like you like him, bro. I know I, I do <laughs> like him. I do like him, but I just, I just I just don't want to have a reason to hate him. If he comes sitting, he gets injured, or if he comes sitting, he doesn't deliver, which obviously is very unlikely. But I just feel like as much well, as people is quite likely to be honest. As much <laughs> as people say he's a perfect fit, I just I just something inside me saying it's just not going to work. So you don't want him at City then? Bro? I'd love him at City, but I just don't think it's going like. And I'll you know I'll be the first to say that if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just I just can't see it working. I think it's yeah, like, yeah, me either. It's, yeah, it's good, like good, a Chelsea good. fan with every striker we buy. It's like <laughs> I'd love him there, but it's not going to work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's for me. It's a lot of money for someone who's like hitting the prime now. Yeah, but he's oh. he's very good. He is very good, but he's very good. He's prime now. Is that it? Is 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 that last season? Is that Harry Kane's best season he's ever gonna have? That's, yeah, is that's, that his that's Harry Kane in a team with everyone else doing fucking nothing <laughs> the entire team. But then it's the same thing with Bernardo Silva. Then so when you put him in a team full of stars, is he still gonna shine? Yeah. So you're saying if 
Harry Kane wouldn't shine if he has De Bruyne putting balls on like a sixpence. For I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that he wouldn't shine. All I'm saying is like, I just don't know. He just he does a lot for Tottenham, and I just feel like maybe maybe he should just stay there and keep doing it. <laughs> no, he, he does a lot for Tottenham. Like he sets up the goals, he distributes the pass, and he does this and he does that. But at City, I feel like like we've been saying before with the Champions League, like we didn't have that outlet, that target man. Having him there, I don't think he is like in his mindset. I don't think he can be a target man. He has to get involved because of his nature of adapting to Tottenham over the last two seasons. Well, he, he has to get involved. Is he only getting involved because I mean Tottenham do lack a sort of creative midfield? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. But then, obviously, if he went to City and had De Bruyne, I don't think they'll be occupying the same space. I think he'll be like. No, I'd like I to think. think I think they're both clever enough to know not to do that. Yeah, I, I feel like it. Harry Kane fills a hole of a void. I think he he is what he needs to be when he needs to be. That's yeah, definitely intelligent. So I think him being at City, he would probably He's transpositional. <laughs> I think I think out of a lot of players and a lot of strikers in the world, he's definitely probably the most well suited for City to be going there and making an impact. Yeah. But then it's case of... I don't want him. Do you, <laughs> no, it's, it's, want him. it's a case of then, do you take the risk on him doing that and obviously having for X, Y, Z amount of seasons or do you invest in more of a future and if he was, have a if player he was 24, that If he was 24, would you? How old is he now, what, 28? In his prime. Are you basically... Which, you, you, will get, you will get five to six good years of him in his prime. Mm. Are you saying you don't want to risk getting Haaland by getting Kane is that because obviously I don't uh, think he can get both well, no we can't I mean, yeah, could, but... no, well yeah we probably could easily buy both of them mm. if you know if financial both. fair play is still <laughs> yeah you know stand both fair play 4-4 four, four, <laughs> fucking 2 <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just, I, yeah I think I think if we get Kane that's it we're not going to get Haaland at any point and I don't know I think I'd the, the prospect of having Haaland excites me more oh, than Harry Kane. You feel like Harry Kane's a bit, a bit more short-term, like fit. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's like a four-five season fit, whereas Haaland could be potentially a ten. But at least with Kane, you kind of it's know that that yeah. he works. I mean, I, I yeah. know that you may not feel this way, but like, there's still a question. I, I think there's still a question mark with Haaland about whether this is. Not saying he's a flash in the pan, but whether he is really, truly mm. as good as the last year and a half has been, or whether well, I think this season think Harry Kane is, like, is a much better. F- well, I mean, look, Haaland's still got a long way to go. Harry Kane looked mm. rubbish, looked like a rubbish footballer when he was Haaland's age, but Harry Kane looks like a much better footballer than Haaland in terms of technical ability and stuff like that. Yeah, he's got he's got like six, seven years on him. Yeah, no, so, so I feel like Haaland can run at people very well and score a goal that makes him yeah. look scary. They're they're very different players, aren't they? In terms of yeah, you know, how they operate. But I just like to say I think obviously I wouldn't oppose that either of them come in, but I just I feel like there's more there's more fear for Harry Kane not to do well than mm. the fear of Haaland coming and not doing well because I think it's again there's an ex, a level of expectancy with yeah, what I, Kane can do, whereas Haaland. The, that level of expectancy isn't there yet. We know he's quite young and he's yeah, molding. You, you feel in some ways because of the success he's had in the Premier League at Spurs, you, you, you'd uh, you you'd more susceptible to... I'm, ridicule is the wrong word because who cares about ridicule? But like you'd be more susceptible to ridicule in the sense that people go like, like look, City screwed him up. But you'd have less of that with Haaland because the, pro, the narrative would go, well, maybe Haaland just wasn't that good kind of thing. Ashley, yeah. what would you guys do? Would you go for Kane, like a more well-established um, player of Premier League experience, or would you rather go for Haaland, who's maybe a bigger gamble in one sense, but potentially has even more potential than Kane's? Yeah. I think, well, the, the cheaper option for Tottenham would definitely be to get Kane. Mm. <laughs> 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 no, um, I'd choose Kane every single time. Mm. Every single time, get an established player. I, I, I ain't spending upwards of 100 million on Haaland for it to be a gamble. What are you saying? Well, like, to the Haaland Kane. I, I, I think I would 
you, I mean, even with my, even with my reservations about Haaland, mm. and Kane isn't old, but I, and I just, but I, I just sort of, if Kane, it, even if it was like one or two years younger, I think I'd be more comfortable with, with, with getting Kane. It just sort of feels like. I mean, I don't know. He's three, four years is a long time to have a player, and he's only be thirty-one by then. And you know, Lewandowski's thirty-three, and he scored forty goals last year. Like um, in the gardens. To, to, to be honest, the, the 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 answer is I I I would be happy with both, <laughs> like either either. Player. <laughs> yeah. I'd be perfectly happy with either. Like like I wouldn't I I I've... maybe if you force me, maybe Kane. Not least because it would just be so controversial and funny for him to come to Chelsea, but um. Probably just Kane, but I think that's only down to if, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that if I had less reservations about Haaland, maybe I'd go Haaland, but just because of those reservations, I'm still not certain he's the, he's a player. I'm talking about. I, I just think and, I think that this this season for Haaland will be a make or break season for him. Losing Jaden Sancho, who was a massive supplier for him, um, it'd be interesting to see. How the team copes first of all, but also how how he copes and if if he can still perform. He he doesn't feel like someone who's going to lose confidence to which I think is going to no. help him. But then again, like not scoring will always, you know you can be the smuggest bastard in the world. Like if you don't score for ten games, you're gonna you're not be confident. What, well, what about he, you, Dave? What about me? Um, <sighs> I don't know. Um, I think we've all said the reasons, Kane. Arguably, on one hand, is less of a gamble. Premier League proven, even if England they, captain, England captain, even if this is his ceiling, I know that if let's say if it's for City, he's gonna at least get twenty goals, like guaranteed. Um, Harland though could be a superstar um, on a level that I think Kane probably will never reach if he reaches his potential. I mean, we're talking potentially Ronaldo level um yeah because because as much as great as Kane is as great as Kane is and and not that numbers are everything Mm -hmm. but he's not scored 40 goals in a year yeah yeah and I think we even mentioned it before either on the pod or prior to that that who we thought was better Gareth Bale or Kane and I think most of us went for Gareth Bale because he was Mm. just like a superstar like a world beater and I think maybe the type of Profile I'd want as a player, I think I would go for Haaland. I think young, and I think as a, I would want to almost start to look to rebuild this City team because a lot of their best players are getting old, Fernandinho and Kevin De Bruyne, and they obviously have a lot of younger players around. That's a Foden. I mean, Stones isn't that old, Diaz. So I'd want to look to sort of slowly start to rebuild. So I think I would go for Haaland. But like you said, has either either one. You're guaranteed to get goals and challenge for the Premier League, Champions League, but yeah. Right. So we found out recently that, um, well, it has been reported that FIFA are considering a, a new set of rules. Just it's reports that they're considering it. So I don't, I don't know how serious these reports are, whether they're legitimate at all. I think they're going to trial it, aren't they? Over the course they're currently of the trialing yeah. it now under I mean, like younger yeah. team competitions. So, like yes. So some of them, as we'll find out, are a bit. Edgier than others, way edgy. Woo, edge of the box. Um, Hashtag. You heard so, it yeah, first. We, we just thought, obviously, with yeah, we've had we've had a, you know, there's been a head of you know a lot of change to football in the last however long, you know, particularly with VAR and stuff. So we thought we'd you know we just sort of po- put these out there and see and just have a discussion about it, see what we think. Good ideas, bad ideas. For me, I mean, there's there's a couple of good ones in there. There's a couple of absolute no nos. So. Um, but anyway, so we just run, run, run through run through them. Yeah. So so uh, the first one is that they would reduce the uh, rather than have a ninety minute match, you'd have two games of thirty with um, two games uh, a match with two halves of thirty minutes. So matches will be sixty minutes and thirty minutes each. That's the first one. Um, the other one is the, the the game clock stops when the ball goes out of play. Um, another one is unlimited subs. Uh, another one is five minute suspension, I guess, like a sin bin um, for yellow card. And then lastly, uh, kick ins instead of throw ins. So I guess we just go through these chronologically. Um, two halves of 30 minutes. What do, we, what, do, what do we think of that? I think we can't go through them chronologically like that. 
because I think you need to speak about the the rules that uh, connect to this one. So, for instance, the <clears throat> talks of the ball stopping when the clock stopping when it goes out of play would be directly, you know, correlated to this. So, um, in terms of like how things are at the moment, a great deal of a football match is the ball being out of play. I think it's on average it was about like seventeen or twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. So they, they yeah, of, they, of they the ball end up being out of play. Hour. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So are they really playing any less? All that it's doing is making it more of a uh, easy, digestible. But it's not even that. I mean, it probably take the same amount of time on the TV because the still go up there initially anyway. Yeah. And well, yeah, theoretically, you know, all, all, it all it's doing is... Same, yeah. If it, if well, it would take 10 minutes fewer. Yeah. 10 minutes less, rather. Yeah. Well, I mean... So yeah, so I guess so the caveat makes the players as well makes makes the players more able to be you know filled with stamina, able to play more matches if that's what FIFA want them to do because more matches equals more money. Yeah, but th- um, but as you said, theoretically they're not actually lo- if it so long as the this rule comes in with the games clock stops that yeah. when the ball goes out of play, they're not actually gaining much fitness either, or saving much energy. Either. Yeah, but I think that that'd be the case initially. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, there's no point hitting a ball out. Mm. You know, there's no point hitting a ball out to waste time anymore. So I imagine that would stop entirely, mm-hmm. and then the entire process would be quicker. You know what I mean? Eventually, it would yeah. be a short period of time to be in. I, I just, I just don't believe. Like, sorry to interrupt before you no, no. making a point. Then, uh, Harry, it's just this has gone. The rules here have just proven how how much footballers have actually got away with actually performing. Like you got ninety minutes, and I think on average the ball in play is between sixty and essentially at its highest seventy minutes. So there never there never is an hour and a half of football. Yeah. So what are you paying for? Are you seeing it from an economic? Yeah, so if you're only paying for an hour, at least I suppose at least you know you're getting an hour's worth. But then at the same time, it's like, well, we haven't been paying for an hour's worth for so long now. Like, kind of feel a bit cheated. <laughs> but as as I said, you you might you, you're still there for you'll still be there for like an hour and no, I understand, but it's two just... hours, won't you? Because of the because when the ball clock goes out, ball goes out of play. Unless it, well, I suppose they throw it instantly back in now, don't they? So. Well, it depends oh, on who your ball boys are. If your ball boys depends, depends on the circumstances of the match, doesn't it? If you, if you're Hazard yeah. and the ball boy is from Swansea, you're not getting that ball anytime <laughs> soon, are you? For instance, I think the the shortest period of time, but actually played in a football it was, match. It was Burnley. Yeah, but I think it was like 39 minutes. Yeah, well, it was, yeah the ball was, was, the ball was yeah, on the pitch for 39 minutes <laughs> out of 90. Yeah. So, so it's stupid like that. It's just kind of like. It does feel like a dated thing in the sense that, like, it works so well in rugby, for example. Like, as soon as the ball goes out, the, the clock stops, and it just it just seems to make sense. Like, I, I almost don't. It's the one rule out of all of these, really, that I'm kind of like, other other than the, the added issues, yeah, of of maybe players will be knackered if they're actually having to run for ninety minutes. Maybe you have to change something, but other than that, it kind of feels it's one rule there that I kind of feel like why like the, or that we would have thought over the course of our lives. Why don't they do that? I'd, I'd be happy at forty minute halves, so it's an eighty minute game. So and now exactly and now just yeah, exactly like rugby. It just and now it just seems too short. It seems like we're going into a style like America. Where it's fifteen minute, one minute it'll be half an hour, and then it'll be every quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was my worry when I read this because you know Florentino Perez said that stupid thing when with the Super League. It's can't concentrate. Yeah, kids, kids to get bored of football when there's he had no evidence to back it up. But he's like, we want to shorten the. That was my worry. Who are these kids? If we start saying right, yeah, you know that's fine, we can shorten it. Then will will they start pushing for? You know, are they going to start pushing for like internet based ten minute? Super football or some bullshit like that, like. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, money wise, not money wise, time wise in the matches, I'm stopping it at any given point when the ball goes out of play or there's a foul. Yeah, really works for me, but I'd like forty minutes, not what, not an hour. Yeah, maybe maybe if you did it with forty, that would at least be a step, a sort of more manageable step, you know, to to gauge it rather than thirty minutes. It does seem you know it's fifteen minutes less. And as you as I, as we've said, maybe actually the, the amount of football that's played is exactly the same. But at least with forty, you'd, 
mm. you'd feel more like right. I don't know. Yeah. Did you? Is one of the the rule changes are limited subs? Yes. Well, there you go. Then, if you've got forty minutes and you're worrying about fitness, you don't need to worry too much about. But would the you subs? Would you be for unlimited subs? Shake um, it, Dave. Oh, and then a reconsider, an immediate reconsider. I think, I think maybe five subs. But I said five, yeah. But we we had this with this obviously happened during after in the yeah COVID. pandemic they they allowed it and and I think a lot of the smaller clubs quite rightly in my view said, well hang on this really suits the the mm, richer teams because yeah. they bolster their squads and they can bring on these amazing players. Yeah. Do you not think that would be a problem because unlimited they have more options to counteract my decisions and tactics I've decided. Exactly. That's because they have more players to choose they're, from. They're free to just well, pick whatever eleven they want because yeah. they can just change it if it's going wrong. They don't have to. Yeah, it. but the way they they got around that was in in some sense of you have to do it in three substitute intervals. Yeah, as in you can have five subs, but you have to do it over three substitution periods. Uh, yeah, but but it's it's yeah it's 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 better than just it's, uh, completely yeah it's better. Limited, but, but I mean, like it was it was still... necessary for the fatigue of the players to have that in place. And with, I, with, with, with unlimited subs, is there a point in which you may sub a player on and then put that player back on the pitch? I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't That's know. That's far too American for me. Yeah, we're going, off, we're going off an Instagram post here, so I don't know if there was that. All right. Detail, but I would, imagine, I would imagine not. I mean, that's always been yeah. in football, so I'd imagine not. Good. Um, no, I'd, I, yeah, no, I'd probably say about five. I wouldn't say unlimited. I, I mean, I... I I keep it. I just keep it three. I think. I mean, obviously, we had. We used to be no subs, and then it was one, and then it turned to three. So it does evolve. I, or I maybe two yeah, subs. Bit, sub as well. Or maybe I two just, subs. Uh, sorry, three subs, but uh, two subs uh, only available through injury. Yeah, but yeah. They an injury. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. Yeah, or maybe and they would. Yeah. Like it's almost like a, like. like a sympathy sub. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that would be abused, and then you just have five subs anyway. Yeah, you would. You would have people people abusing that. If there was a way, you how do you prove someone can't play? Well, you, you you have you have FA medics that can conduct their own assessment. Yeah, but the, player, the, club the, the teams wouldn't know either because they have their own physios. And also, like if if a player says, "Look, my hamstring's about to go, I can't play on." And you have to take them at the work. How do you? Yeah, how do you sort of go? Well, hang on, prove it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, well, I've done this. I've done this well, MRI. Go, go sprint in It's like, it's like you've got when you've ever to, seen in my life, pal. It's like medieval trying to prove a witch exists. Right, we're going to throw you off this cliff. If you're a witch, <laughs> you'll fly to safety, but at which point you have to come back and we're going to murder you. If you're not a witch, well, sorry. Oh, you've been proven here, <laughs> what's But Dave, what, what you, you, you shook your head and then, and then reconsidered. What do you think about it? I don't know. I think it's like that classic knee jerk reaction of, well, something different. Something different. And then it's like, when you actually think about it, it's like, okay, maybe it's not as bad. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just, it's weird. It feels like a lot is changing within football. I don't know whether it's necessarily good or bad. It's like, it just seems as a result of the pandemic, things have had to change which we completely get for the safety of the players, you know, and the, everyone involved who's there, like the coaches and everything. But now I'm thinking, are uh, maybe the powers that be and going again into sort of conspiracy, are the powers that be almost taking advantage of these changes to try and implement things that are going to be beneficial to them? And Financially. The football, yeah. And it, well, yeah, it always links back to money. So I think... That's what I'm trying to work out in my head, whether these are actually going to be beneficial for football and the fans and for entertainment, or whether these are just convenient sort of changes that only benefit the sort of the big wigs. So I think that's mm. sort of deeper answer than I thought <laughs> I was going to give. But yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I just that's think, I think it, it'll out. allow for players to play more often. And yeah, if you're rotating subs, the players are fresher. Short infinitely yeah. rotate and the players is, press is, and they can play more games. Again, more, more games is more money, man. But yeah, again, isn't isn't that to do with just that's going to benefit the the, the mm-hmm. that's just uh, that's just uh, making it easier for the teams who have massive squads, like and the teams yeah, that don't have then, enough. Yeah, those are the squad. teams that those are the teams that people want to watch more of. Yeah, yeah, but but is that a positive? Well, we is it good no, to I'm help out the big boys and not help out the, the small boys? They're, they're helping the big boys because the big boys make them the most money. 
No, I, yeah, I understand why yeah, it makes that's, sense. That's all I'm the, saying. Okay, all right, he's just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, it's not reflecting society. Yeah. It's just trying to make the rich richer. It's like trying to make the big teams yeah. bigger. Like, like you said, Ash, they do, they do want to see the big teams, but then it's like there is a, a beauty and a charm in obviously the smaller teams, and it's not just the big fans, the big teams. Yeah, there's a beauty and a charm in it, but they, they're pulling less numbers, and that's all that these people care about. Yeah, and, and really? this is obviously more just a reflection of society, how, how that's the way it's going, that it's like the, the sort of the smaller man, the less important man is. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Small men are less important. <laughs> uh, I If, if people, people are... People are worried. <laughs> if, if people are generally genuinely worried about about players or getting more concerned about player safety, which I mean I'm not sure about because I think that the the, the information and or the technology that that clubs, big clubs especially, have or you know modern clubs have now is it makes it unbelievably safe. They can they can get injury, they can um, predict injuries pretty you know smartly. But if if you, if you are worried, maybe there could be some some sort of rule whereby as the season goes on, because obviously some of these bigger clubs do play 50, even sometimes in the you know games in the 60s, especially with all the pre-season friendlies and stuff. Maybe there could be like a rule where, where if a player has, has, has totted up a certain amount of minutes over the course of a season, then they can, then they can, that, that can come, you can sort of earn a substitute that way. If a player, I wouldn't do it in games because you can play two minutes for a game and you can do it that way. But say if it was minutes and a player has played like, you know, ninety minutes of forty-five games or something. Then, then you've earned a you've earned a substitute for that player. I mean, again, you could abuse that and start him knowing that you're going to be able to take him off, because, you know, as an extra player. But maybe that could be a way of getting a, getting around. Yeah, but if you enforce it, as in, if a player has played X amount of minutes over the course of this part of the season, they must be rested for X amount of minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, like players have different players play players one thousand four hundred minutes in the course of a season, they must be rested for at least two games. Yeah, I mean that won't still work because goalkeepers play like goalkeepers play every game, don't they? Without and it's like some centre backs play every single game, it's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, generally, I'm, I mean, I'm a bit against it. I don't, I don't think we need. I don't, I don't think there's any problem. Like with the other two things, particularly with the game clock thing, you, you sort of see what. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a problem that you could argue could be fixed. I don't think anyone has ever seen any problem with three subs. Three subs seems to work fine. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, in my view. But and what about the um, throw in to, to kick in? Yeah, so the so the so the kicking. I Wenger championed this, didn't he? I'm very formless. If you knew Hector Bellerin can't take a throw in way back when. Yeah. <laughs> the other reason why the other reason why Wenger proposed this is because he Arsenal conceded the most goals from long distance <laughs> throwing. I was always so Rory de Lapp. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only reason he was like, "This is Rory he's basically DeLapp. yeah, Rory de Lapp." If if this is to happen, the kickings there has to be some amount of rules, or it has to be along the floor, because otherwise it's just basically Nobody free it's, kick. it's basically a corner or a free yeah. kick at any That's given point. Would they change corners to like? I think I think that is I think that is a, that I I think I, well, I don't know about this particular thing that we're going off on the Instagram post, but I think when I read that Wenger was proposing this, I think he did say it has to be on the floor, along the floor. Let the referee use his judgment. It has to be done yeah. within a certain. Like, Let the like, referee like, referee the game. The like, player has to take the kick along the floor. Like with NBA, you have like what is it, five or eight seconds or something? It must be five. Mm. Five seconds to shoot or something. Just get it in as soon as possible. No dilly dallying. No dawdling. Let's, get it in. Get the ball rolling. Let's talk about why we need that rule though. And why the rule's a good thing because yeah. at the moment, the way a free uh, the way of throwing works is that you know, you. A, a ball is kicked out by the opposition and you must throw it in. You must throw it in very slowly from a high place to the foot of a person here who is under constant pressure. Right? Yeah. The player has to take this ball down from the air that's moving very slowly, giving the opposition time to run at him, right? control it and then pass it along. 
And that's seen as an advantage. That's n- I, I do not yeah. see that as an advantage. No, it's not an advantage, but it, it, surely it's, but another, it's, 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 another, it's another string yeah. to the bow of your skill and what you can do under pressure. Yeah, but it's supposed to be an advantage because the player has kicked the ball out of play. Principally, it's still the same, though. Even with a kick in, you're still yeah. going to have someone who's going to have... Yeah, but it's, you're, you're not taking it down. Well, you still, you know, it's quickly easier to defend it while it's on the floor because you're allowed to use a legal part, i.e. the foot. It's easier, surely, to defend and block someone when the ball's on the floor than it is to obviously try and get in the way when the ball's like in midair or close. Oh, you're saying air. you can kind of protect it with your body. Yeah, with, you can uh, shield it better. It's almost, yeah, I think it's, it's in the air. Yeah, but there's, there's the time between the ball being thrown and hitting the ground where the player can advance upon you. If you're just kicking it along the ground, it's like bang straight there. But principally, you still have to get the ball. You still have to place it in the right spot. You still have to kick. It's sort of like when someone's taking a penalty. There's still that time, that build up, or when said person taking a penalty. It's just like that, but just for a throw it. Well, I can't remember who it was, but someone was doing a demonstration of throw-ins, and they said the best throw-ins are when you throw it into space, so you can run onto it rather than standing there static and waiting for it or making a slow bit of movement and, and, you know, approaching the ball. If the ball's being thrown into a space and that's in the same direction as to where you're running at, that's a lot easier to control than, like you were saying, Ash, where you've got your back, uh, you've got a defender on your back and you're trying to control the ball whilst holding off this defender and thinking about where your next pass is or what your next move is. So... But that's that's kind of Ash's point, isn't it? Like, Because that situation almost never occurs unless it's like a kind of... You know, you, you're throwing it like, say, you're on the halfway line. You throw it back to your centre backs. Maybe you'll you'll have some. You're throwing it into space, but because I, I tend to agree with you, Ash. Like, I think um, for top f- professionals, they have the skill level to just about mean that it's not quite a disadvantage. But I, I, I do think that it is strange that you're literally throwing it to a guy who's immediately under pressure. And I, 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 I take your point, Dave, about being able to protect yourself with your body a bit a bit more. But but I, I don't honestly think that they'll be able to protect the ball better if it's at their feet because that's what they're doing all the time rather than you know heading it back or chesting it back or like volleying it or whatever well, they still need to find said space even if it's the balls on the floor it's not like it's gonna be like this mm. new kicking oh you like you have to give them an advantage it's still you still have to find that space to move about and yeah you can, it's like in a normal game like when you're as a winger if someone's passing you the ball you're fallback you still have to try and create that space shield the ball even though it's on the floor so I don't get how it's consistent. I think it's easier to read a throw in that as well no not necessarily it's easier to know when, where someone's going to throw the ball not really then it is kicking it obviously it's the same I mean well you've got a face in a direction with the ball like this over your head it's obvious it's going that way you know what I mean I mean yes, you can do the there's very rarely one option well, uh, oh, throwing. There's always like kicking it. <laughs> there's always two or three options. Yeah, but I mean, you can you be a bit different. But is but is there two or three options? I always think there's no of options, there is. and then suddenly for a split second, there's one option because his mark is not right on him. Like there's a reason in amateur football, every throw-in goes long because because we do not have the skill to 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 control it and like play it back to someone. It just it goes long, and you try and head it because that way it's basically just like a 50-50. But, I, think I don't see the kicking as better. I don't, I'm not so against throw-ins that I feel that it needs to be completely reformed or changed. I don't feel that this kicking principally is any different. I still believe that it's the same point of having to find safe space, having to be intelligent, still having to control it and take the ball down. It's just obviously from a differing height. What if you coupled it, either the throwing or the kicking, with some sort of rule? I'm just thinking now. Um, like a drop ball rule where it's yeah. like you can't give him. Yeah, or like mate, like I don't know if this would work perfectly, but like one, you've got to leave one guy can you know be within five yards, and, he, and the, the opposition can't be in there, so you can. It's just more like a corner. Just over, like I think this is it. No, you can once 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 he receives the ball, you can you can press yeah, him. Yeah, but yeah, he's but at like, least like, got like a corner though. A second <laughs> or two to, to to control <laughs> it, and you have possession back. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I mean it should be it should be some kind of advantage, and I don't feel like it is. Well, or at the very least, it shouldn't ever be a disadvantage because you, you should have possession and you technically... You shouldn't be able to easily retain possession. Yeah. It's, only, yeah. it's only ever a disadvantage when the thrower does something completely incompetent. Mm. Most no, time, if, if like... If, if you've got... 
sorry, if if you've got a throw in up, you know, in the up the opposition's half, mm. th- there's not going to be a single player who's unmarked, and and your centre backs are too far away for you to throw it to them, so you can't relieve pressure. If you lose the ball in that situation, you're completely susceptible to a counter attack, and I know that doesn't happen a lot, but like to Ash's point, I think that it doesn't represent enough of a kind of. I sometimes get quite nervous when we get like sort of attacking or like quite attacking or quite defensive throw-ins because I just sort of feel like, you know, you make a mistake here and, and suddenly they're able to... Well, why does bring... it need to be an additional benefit than having possession of the ball or having that time to wait and find someone? I don't get why there needs to be like an added benefit. for Just just because it, if... So there's a, you know, it's, it's preferable for the defensive team to... to put the ball out of play rather than let you continue running with it. So as, as the, as the team with the ball, you're going to prefer to have your player, your winger say running at the fullback. Whereas the defensive team, they think, right, I'll just put it out for a throw in. Cause that's a lot easier to defend. If suddenly throw-ins or kick-ins gave more and slightly more of an advantage to the offensive team, there might, there might be less reason for you to think, right, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kick the ball out of play. I'm just going to try and jockey him or move him away somewhere or, I mean, but, I mean, that's a fair point, but nine times out of ten, the way football's evolved and progressed, that you find that teams actually create more um, errors because they're trying to sort of keep hold of possession because they don't want to kick it out. Like, how often do you see Pep Guardiola teams smashing the ball out into Rosette? And obviously not every team a, is a Pep Guardiola team, but you find that yeah. even teams are trying to be a bit more expansive in their play. I feel like that part of the game has been phased out I, I, I suppose yeah the, I, mean, I mean that's down to them having like a possession based philosophy and, and yeah you might see that lower down in like let's say some of the leagues but everyone's now trying to retain possession they would rather gamble mm. and pass the ball all the way back to their keeper than kick it into Rosette and give the opposition the ball in that half or whatever for me essentially the only team that benefits from a throw in is a defensive team because they have time then to set back yeah. and reshape. I suppose that's, that, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. That, I think the fact that the only, the only times we're talking about it being beneficial is when it's been lobbed forward. You know, it's just the rules have been slightly exploited um, and they're just, you know, making do with it. And I just think, like, Ash, you saying, oh, you know, there's no advantage. I don't think there should be, like... like there's not, it should be quite fair. Like if it goes out of play, it's like, right, it goes out of play, you just got to throw it back in. Like it's, there's obviously a fair enough challenge where it has been committed, where it's either been deflected or it's been a tackle. I feel like if you've made a good tackle, then it goes out and then this kicking comes in and then they can just cross the ball in. I feel like it's kind of like, mm, it's a bit unfair then. It's, it's more unfair on the defence than it is on the, it favours more attack than it does defence. It feels I'm just like- sitting here thinking about how all these rules that have been designed here are basically designed to keep the game ticking over as long as possible. Right. So if you if you were given more of an advantage by, say, doing a kicking instead of a throwing, then you're disincentivizing the actual ball going out of play at all. Essentially, all these rules keep are it as keep ex- the game going. Yeah, it's right. just trying to keep it as exciting and as fast paced as possible. But you know. That that's football hasn't been that until the last what ten years where it's been so expansive and it's been so you know counter attacking and been so like you know high press and I feel like the only te- the, the teams that do well at that are the teams that can you know restructure themselves at free kicks at corners at throw ins because they've got that time and I think if you cut that time in half I feel like a lot of these teams will then get exploited but then I think even some of the you know the lower league lower end of the table teams would be even more exploited because they won't number one have the same amount of quality um, I doubt they'll have the same amount of fitness mm. or they won't have as much fitness and not only that they won't have the same amount of squad depth so I feel like it's just it's it's just going to favour the, the attacking team at all times, but it's just going to favour the, the bigger teams as well than the, the smaller teams because fitness is going to be a, a much bigger factor now if these rules were to come in this season, let's say, than it has ever been because if the ball goes out for a kick in and you can literally kick it in like that and the timers stops as well, 
I just think it's like, how far do you go? Because with that kicking, do you then get rid of ball boys? Because a lot of the time it's ball boys that waste yeah. time. And the, the away team wants to take a quick throw in or a kick in. Do you get rid of them? Because they might just throw it further or like how... How far, like, how far do you go? Nah, nah, the, the bo- balls on the cone, balls on the cone have done just as much of a good job. <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, that's ball boys putting him there. But ball boys, particularly like in the last six, seven years, have become, especially in the top clubs, have have immediately they throw they throw them back. I mean, I, I think it was Barcelona who started that. They, they yeah. their ball boys were like, if if we need, you know, just instantly throw it back, keep. Mourinho did it. Mourinho did it one one game. Can't remember who it was against. The ball literally, the ball left for like a split second. The ball boy already threw it to him. Oh yeah, and he he brought him in. Yeah, to Sergio. Yeah, yeah. and then they ended up scoring. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's probably one of one of these instances that actually, I mean, the rule doesn't. The rule isn't broken. Throw-ins don't. It's throwing not like throw-ins need to be changed, but it, it, it. I think it's one that's worth a conversation, and you know. What else is there? Whatever rules are what, there? Yeah, so there's the last one is um, the five-minute suspensions f- uh, with a yellow card. Yep, all about this. Really? Yeah. Was there any yellow card? Yep. I disagree. God, blimey. Do you not think like like some teams get like seven or eight yellow cards? Five minutes, especially if we're reducing the halves to 30 minutes. That's a long time. Exactly. So... Exactly. So you're playing 60 minutes and you're... you're and you know what? Five, you know, you know what this will cut out? You know what this will cut out? Your tactical foul, bro. Exactly, tactical foul. This is this is what I so this is what I think. So I think the way the what when I first heard this, this is when I was most interested in because I would introduce this, but only for tactical fouls. I think if you if you if you see that a foul is done intentionally, there's no intent to play the ball, because those those yellow cards are never as as you said, Rowan. We talked about it with the Euro orange cards. I call them. Yeah, it's they they yellow card is never is not enough. It's not quite enough for a red, but. But I think yellow card was stamp them out, but surely not for like we've. There's been so many situations where soft yellows are given for like you know just a flipping tackle basically. And then you saying you'd be happy with teams losing a player for five minutes? So that would mm. cause controversy. Well, okay. What about having that just for competitions? Like, so rather than having it in a league, not no, not so having it in tournaments. Sorry, <laughs> having it in tournaments rather than league. Oh, it's like Champions right. League. Yeah, because in a Champions League. You get you get a yellow card like oh, I can still play next game. You get another one. Yeah, that's it. I missed this game. Blah, blah, blah. Like that still happens, but it's, there's a bit more to it then. I just think it's, it's a, a tournament. Lot. To be down to ten men is a is a big. It's a, it's a big yellow thing cards thing are given so softly. I, I I'm just it's one of those where I think it, it, I I just can't I just can't see the the again it's, it's another rule to keep keep the game going really to disincentivize tactical fouls and the game stopping. Just or just tackling. Generally. It'd certainly make it certainly yeah. make it interesting playing a team for ten minutes. Interesting, I don't know because you, you, you do course a tactical foul, you're down to ten men for five minutes. The other team scores. Oh, you're back to eleven now, but you're one 0 down because because the imagine, referee gave a yellow card because the shirt got a little bit pulled. Imagine Palace Burnley at no, seven you're, you're, seven you're, because the, they've got four players in the blooming sin bin. It doesn't match the crime. The punishment does not match the crime. Obviously, I think there should be a a maximum amount of players that you should be able to take off at one time for a yellow card. But say if you go down, down to 10 men and you concede, you've basically conceded because the referee is given a yellow card and but that does not fit the crime. But, that you know, yes, there are some soft yellow cards, but at the same, same time... with the double jeopardy rule. No, all right. Yeah, but, you, you, you know, there are some some scenarios where, yeah, that's a solid yellow. And then well, you deserve to be one nil down for it because no, you, you don't have to be one nil. No, you don't have to one nil down just because you go to ten men doesn't mean you instantly get one nil. Yeah, but you're very, very likely to well, if you're playing as a decent team. It depends. And then you change your entire game setup and sit behind the ball for five minutes. How, how is that more entertaining? Yeah, that's you've just got one team sitting ten men behind the ball. I think it's a lot more entertaining. So you genuinely before before this, you can't uh, yeah. see any problems with it. No, obviously there will be a lot of problems, but I mean, f- for now, I just think because yes, there are a lot of petty fouls here and petty fouls there, but I just think it'll just make players a bit more, you know, focused regarding uh, fouls. Regarding you would use it as a deterrent, row basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. like, yeah. I would well, turn, again turn football non-contact. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's, that, that's the only thing. The only 
The only other like yellow cards are given work. for violent fouls. Yellow cards are given no, yeah. for anything. <laughs> yeah. The only the only way this would work is if some of the rules were more black and white and refined, mm-hmm. like the whole kind of diving thing. Yeah, get, diving, get, diving, get books, diving would books, be good. Five, yeah, five diving minutes. Would be good. In maybe bit. maybe descent, like shouting at the ref. Or All something. right, then yeah, that, so that's, that would be good. Right, so so you can get a yellow card. Certain yellow cards. Yeah, no. So right, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, get it involved, but the way that we've just kind of discovered it now, having then set rules to go so right. If you dive, yeah, specific card. instances so simulation, lead to five minutes. So simulation, tactical fouls, and descent. Descent. Yeah, yeah, but then with the tactical foul thing, I, I mean, I know this may not always be the case, but just make it look like you've gone for the ball. <laughs> I, well, no, I know, but like I'm talking about like shirt, like shirt yeah. pulls to stop like, a counter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we all watch the final. We all watch the final. Like, yeah, like just things that are obvious. Like obviously, if there's a level of subjectiveness to it, like you just kind of go, well, okay, we're not gonna that we that we don't know. Like you would with a dive. Like you don't always know it's a dive, but I think when there's a level of like that's just that's clearly against the rules. Yeah, yeah I could see that working. Yeah, no, not, yeah, fair mm, three. That's not because does it still fit? I mean, tactical fouls are a tactical thing. They are. They're but, not. but that's just the name they're given. They're, they're, they're illegal. You're not playing they're, a sport. You're... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, but you. I mean, you've, everyone's got a yellow card they can get. I mean, you might as well use it. But exactly. But, yeah. I, I, but I think that's a loophole in the in a flaw in the rule of yellow cards. It's like you know that that it's an imperfect system, and that's just people exploiting it. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'd be much much happier with that with them three. I think that's the worst rule out of the ones that have been. In, but what about with the with the add-ons we've set? Yeah, it's just the that's, that's the yeah. most timing. That's the most timing. I, I agree with you. I think that would be the most destructive rule to to put in. But at the same time, with our add-ons, I think it could be the best. Yeah, it's, it's great. I think we've nailed it. We've got all the answers here at the edge of the box. Uh, thank you once again for joining us. And as usual, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't tell you to give us a follow on Instagram, give us a follow on Twitter. Both handles at Edge of the Box Pod. See you again next week. Bye-bye.